G'day everybody, it's time once again for the second season of the Sorno and Redders Newcastle District Cricket Association Suburban Districts podcast. Without any further ado, the star of the show is here, Dan Saunders. A very good evening to you, great man. Hi Dave, mate. It's been a long, very long off-season, but I couldn't be any happier than being back behind the saddle uh, doing the podcast with you again, mate. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Uh, quite different looking first grade suburban districts uh, competition this year. Uh, Dan, I've, I'm going to read the sides out, everybody, and then we, we're going to drill down and talk things. Remember that cricket starts on, well, that is if Huey decides to ever stop absolutely bloody well raining, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, fair dinkum. It's, <laughs> I, I feel for the people in Western Florida at the moment, but I'll tell you what, we've had almost as much rain here. Okay, suburban district ratings are these, and I'm going to read out the the, the grounds because there's been some there's some significant changes as well. So Port Stephens still at King Park Five Hour Premiers, Merriweather are at Connolly, West Waterboard and West Journeyman, ladies and gentlemen, a massive change will be playing the season at Hexham at Hexham Park. Cardiff Bullaroo go to Cardiff Number Two, which is interesting. They have very good cricket wicket, particularly for batting on. Warners Bay, new into the comp uh, in first at Fay and One. Merriweather, um, now they're listed twice on my list here. That can't be right. So it'd be the Mary Ellen Mudrats. That's the Mudrats. Yeah. Merriweather would be the second Merriweather. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it, 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 on my list, it's actually got them as the same name, which is wrong. But yeah, the Mudrats. Hamwick's new into the competition at Islington. Nelson Bay, and this is another interesting move. Nelson Bay are listed as playing at Salamander One, not at Don Waring. And redhead back at Lyles Oval. Dan Saunders, it's a 10-team competition, which is great. Let's go. Um, first of all, a couple of ground changes. Um, that would indicate to me that Jesmond is out for either the whole season or part of the season. Talk us through, um, and also West, have, with the fact that Wall's End have gone to play uh, be another club, they uh, get to have their own. They don't have to play at Blackley this year. Okay, so I might... Just jump around out of order from what you've brought go, them up. If that's okay. So, um, yeah, so the Mary Ellen Mudrats and, and Merriweather, both playing at a Merriweather district, sharing Connolly Park. Yep. Uh, Cardiff Bullaroo, as you say, that is the artist formerly known as Walls End District Cricket Club after yep. their first two seasons with Walls End. Uh, that squad had moved to Cardiff Bullaroo and using Cardiff number two, which, as you're well aware, was a, a third, fourth grade ground for a lot of years. I yep. believe they'll be sharing that with their or one of their development league teams. Uh, Hamwicks. Now, there's an interesting... Um, yep, very. You'll notice Newcastle City Rosebuds are absent from that list. So Rosebuds yes. actually, uh, for all intents and purposes, had folded. They just didn't have enough players coming back this season. Um, and within the Newcastle City setup, they, they didn't have enough for a squad for Division 1. Um, on the flip side, uh, a team by the name of the Rogue Scholars, who were playing in the A-grade city and suburban competition, um, they were sort of willy-milly about their numbers as well. So some phone calls were made to put the Rogue Scholars and the Rosebuds in touch with each other. Now, the Rogue Scholars last year were affiliated with Hamwick, so Hamilton Wickham District Cricket Club playing in the city and suburban competition. Um, common sense would state the Newcastle District Cricket Association Club affiliated or not should be playing in an NDCA one-day competition if available. So common sense has prevailed there. They've um, united. Now, Patrick Considine, because last year's Suburban District's Player of the Year, uh, one of the players involved in, in that, I guess, uh, merger. So Hamwicks is Hamilton Wickham District Cricket Club, but they are a merge of, uh, I guess, what was left of Adamstown, or sorry, Newcastle City, Adamstown Rosebuds, 
and the Rogue Scholars. So they will be a, a team to watch because they've got some talent in there. Uh, Warners Bay, who last year, well, in year one, they were in the Division One competition in a six-team comp. Uh, it was well known they had some significant player losses leading into uh, season two and then uh, stretch out to 10-team comps. Um, so Byron Jensen and Kane Bradley have returned to Warners Bay from a season of district cricket at Waratah Mayfield. Um, I believe they've got a couple of other signings whose names escape me at present, very handy cricketers. Um, and I believe Mr. David Absalom's also uh, taking one for the team and stepping up to play Division One this year too. Mr. So Tomatohead. The to- to- Tomatohead's getting involved. Is he the great man? I believe so. So Warners Bay are on paper are looking very strong for Division One. Um, Nelson Bay, so Don Waring Oval, we've been advised, will be out for at least the first month of cricket due to um, the amount of weather and, and winter sport played up there on Don Waring. Uh, so Salamander won. Uh, Nelson Bay will be sharing with their second team. Um, and they've actually got a third team. Um, so they've managed to get their numbers up for a third team this year, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I believe they'll be playing at Tom Maria. Salamander 2 is out for the season. Can I just tell everybody a little story? Some friends of mine uh, had some football finals at Dick Burwell Oval, which is in that precinct recently. Now, Dick Burwell Oval is part of that massive and superb sporting precinct at Nelson Bay, just past the roundabout. And I know um, the people that went told me that the ground was basically underwater. Now, that ground should never be underwater. It's a sand base and it's always been a superb ground. That gives you an indication of how much rain has fallen on the Tomari Peninsula. For Dick Burwell Oval to be underwater is basically underwater is quite extraordinary, Dan. And it's no surprise that Don Waring is going to be out for a while. Um, I still have grave doubts about cricket next week. Not trying to be Mr. Negative, but we've, one of the things we do talk on this podcast, we, should, we try to be no BS and tell the truth. So, yeah, just a little anecdote. But if, if as I said, if Dick Burwell's out, it's not a surprise that these other grounds are out. No, that's right. And and I guess there's a lot of people now, especially from up the Bay Way, it can be gorgeous weather down near this side of the Stockton Bridge and up there they can be having monsoonal rain. That's it's oh, unbelievable yeah. there on, on the Bay what they can get. But when they're getting it as consistently as what we've been getting it down here, um, you're right. There's just no way for the water to go. And it's even being sand-based, but it just get that much of it. They can't all subside at, at, at once. So, And the amount of times that I've got to lean oval for cricket at Stockton and people who have played for us who come from Madawi and Anna Bay and there's other, get to Stockton, they say it's like this wall when they get to Fern Bay and the rain just, as soon as you go basically past the airport, the rain just oh goes down. Yeah, yeah, it's like that Man on the Moon movie. No, yep. the Truman Show, sorry. He gets a certain part and it's bucketing down there to stops. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. Mind you, that is a superb film. That's yeah. by far the best thing that Jim Carrey's ever done, in my mind. Up there. <laughs> going going off subject. So, yes, yeah, so we've gone through quite a few of them. Uh, the, so Python's, the Python's back at King Park. Yeah, so and I believe uh, this summer will be actually known as 1833 Park. Um, the Python's have a, a new sponsor, a major sponsor coming on board. I believe they're a workplace health and safety company called 1833. So um, I've learnt that. Um, in the last few days. Um, I'll, get, I'll get to that shortly. Just rounding out the ground. So um, the interesting one there, obviously, um, West Journeyman and West Waterboard mm. not playing on Jesmond Park this year. They're uh, playing at Hexham Park now. Um, I've got to admit that that decision-making process is beyond my pay grade. I wasn't involved in that. Um, I believe there is some, I guess, politics at play between... Um, 
the contracted provider for the ground costs and things of that nature. It's probably best not for me to touch on in this um, format. Uh, but Noted. So can I ask a question? Certainly. Who, uh, well, okay, if we don't have to make comments where there's a few things that we can observe and ask. Remember that we're both re registered cricket people, so we're held to the same standards as everybody else. Okay, is anybody going to be playing at Jesmond Park? Honest answer, I, at point in time, I, I don't know. Uh, my uh, that's ex that, that would appear to be an extraordinary decision if that's the case. And again, not making comment, but that's a fascinating decision. Yeah, look, it it would be very disappointing, I guess, for all, for everyone in, in, in cricket because it's such a beautiful ground from the it road. Um, the wicket, um, I mean, it's... Yep, I mean, it the, is. The, the, the ground is a, is a top... Uh, is like for our level of cricket is a division one ground. Um, 100%. But point in time, there'll be no suburban districts to my knowledge on Jasmine Park this summer. Whether it will be utilised by the NDCA for grade cricket, um, that's, again, that's beyond my wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, very interesting because Hexham Park, uh, a long-term ground with, with the city and suburban. So they've obviously relinquished that. Um, just, just, quick, just a quick one for you. Yeah, is Hexham sure. Park the little ground with the with the uncovered grandstand when you drive into Newcastle on the left-hand side near the club there? The, there's yeah, a B. Yeah. yeah, I know where it is. Okay, so... Yeah, obviously the Mozzie there, Hexham Park. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, it's it's not a bad ground. When the wicket's curated, it's it's quite a well ground. And when it's mowed, it's, it's we've played a lot of cricket up there over the years. I mean, the problem with it's with all due respect to Hexham, it's at Hexham, which is great uh, if you live at Hexham. For a club that's based at, and again, I'm not, I'm just observing here. For a club yeah. that's based at New Lambton, okay, West Hark, Harker and Ford are in New Lambton technically, mm -hmm. just, but they're there. It's a reasonable distance to Hexham. That is, yeah, a it is. That's a fascinating decision. Yeah, I think, I think we'll just use the word politics and leave it at that. Now? No, that's I'm not, I've, I'm just observing what I <laughs> yep. can see. Look, they've got a ground. It's not, uh, and again, I'm not being rude, but Blackley did cause lots of issues. We discussed that at ad nauseum last year. I think that's it's a well known fact. It's not David Redden pogoing a ground. That's not my. That's what I'm trying no, to do. Look, Blackley over is simply not up to Division One standard, um, and as we'll see, it's actually being used in Division Two. Um, I can see that four. now. Yes. There's talk of whether that will actually be. I mean, Bill Elliott Oval at Maryland um, is out indefinitely. So if we do touch on the, the Division Two, Division Three, if we go through the grades, you'll see the Bill Elliott Ovals uh, not listed. Um, and I'll touch on a couple of clubs that have come across where some wickets that have come across with those clubs, which has made a great difference and a positive difference to the suburban districts competition. Also, in, in my opinion, severely strengthened Division Two. And if we Remember last year, Division Two, the top six, there's one point separated them. So for oh, me to come out now and say it's a stronger Division Two this year on paper, um, licking my lips at, at the, the uh, level of cricket that we played across, not just Division One next season. Just a question for you, Bill Elliott. I know from my football background that Bill Elliott Oval has does have problems with drainage and oh, uh, West West, West, and West Newcastle play their football there. Um, and uh, I'm assuming that it's just, is it the fact that it's too wet or they've someone's decided to put some drainage in there and knock it out for a season and do a proper drainage job? 
Well, my, my understanding, I don't, I don't believe any AFL has played there all season. Um, it hasn't been mowed since March by council. Right. Uh, the Maryland Fletcher Cricket Club tried to get on there themselves in the last couple of weeks. And because the grass is that long, you, you mow the top, it's just still so wet underneath that it, it, it can't dry, even with some of the fine weather that we have had. Um, I have heard, and again, this is just um, telephone, telegram, telecricketer, that there is some drainage uh, for Bill Elliott in the near future, which would be great. If it meant we lost the ground for 12 months to have proper drainage put in for it, because it's built on a swamp there. Anyone who knows Bill Elliott Oval, it is. Um, you've, you've only got to you know, spill a bottle of coke and crickets off. Um, and, and the irony is um, the Wicket Square there was... 10 years ago, one of the best squares in Newcastle social cricket. It was my home ground in AR1s for, in ARs for over a decade and um, being biased, but even we, we shared that ground with what was Merriweather back in the day, uh, the, the Cardiff Workers Club team, who were a very dominant A-grade team for a number of years. We were sharing that ground with them. Uh, so it was an A-grade quality ground. It just didn't have a fence back then, which was the, the main issue. It has a fence now, but it has all sorts of issues with, it, with its drainage. Very interesting. The Premier Hotel look like they've just fallen off the edge of the earth because they're not in the top two grades. Uh, well, they are. Um, again, it's it's how that they've been. And again, it's um, behind the scenes. There's been, yep. I, I guess we should say, different people take responsibility for different roles. Um, so again, how the draws come out differently to the last couple of years. But um, listed as Adamstown playing at Mandalong, that's the Premier Hotel. Okay, thank you. Uh, that was okay. that was my next just, question because they were yep. clearly called the Premier Hotel last year. That's right. So just just before we move off Division One, and I, I only learned this. So on Tuesday night, as you know, I had my um, weekly sporting program, and I had a dedicated uh, cricket. Sports Stevens, ladies and general, one hundred point nine FM. Give the give it a plug, me man. It's a great Sports show. Stevens, Tuesday night, six or seven, one hundred point nine. But by the way, just before you go to that. Um, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I had this familiar voice come up. I was commentating the uh, <laughs> AFL-HCC Grand Finals at uh, Bato Bay a couple of weeks ago, and I had this familiar voice come up. The great man was there watching the Nelson Bay Marlins win a premiership, Dan. Fantastic to see you at the footy, and interesting for you to see us in football, mate. It's a bit different than cricket, isn't it, commentating footy? If, we'll put it this way. If, if you got that excited at cricket, you wouldn't last the day. No. <laughs> but yeah, but it was great to see. And then again, that's that's what comedy is all about, is it's giving that, that feel for the game, especially for people yeah. who can't see it, making them feel like they're they're at the ground. But um yeah, off off kilter there it was, it was a great game of footy. I mean that that went down I mean the fourth was... quarter went completely against how I thought it was going with the breeze and everything, but that that's pressure and, and grand final footy and, and well done to Newcastle City, minor premiers, um and well done to Nelson Bay winning the competition. So but speaking of Nelson Bay, um, and this is someone, a name you'll be familiar with in district circles, but Hamish Bartlett yes. is um, playing with Nelson Bay in Division 1 this year, which is a okay. massive score. So I had um, Simon Plummer, the president of Nelson Bay Cricket Club, Josh Moxie, who's the skipper of the Division 1 Port Stephens Pythons, and Nick Foster from Stockton, first grade captain. I had a cricket, a one-hour cricket show on Tuesday night, and each club spoke of their wares and things of what's going on with it within their clubs and, and things of that nature. And um, yeah, Hamish Bartlett and Shane Fogg, who's been around the traps going back to yes. Nelson Bay this year. So Nelson Bay have recruited really well. And that, that division one competition, 10 team competition, um, basically Warners Bay have replaced the premier hotel and 
uh, rogue scholars have amalgamated to make a stronger yes. rosebuds. Well, arguably, we, we don't know that, but you would hope so. Um, on paper, a very strong Division One, and, and arguably, hopefully, uh, hopefully across the ten teams, a more competitive Division One competition week to week. Can I ask you uh, something that I spoke about with you last year? Remember, that was my first exposure to suburban district cricket every week. Um, have there been many changes off the park? I'm going to talk about the changes to cricket um, playing laws in a minute, but has there been any change to things like the point structure for games, overs bold? So it's they're going to stick with their traditions to so credit to them. So everything stayed the same with the playing conditions and the rules, that, the laws they're going to play under. Is that correct? That is my understanding, yes. That's yeah, no, the Division One will still remain 40 overs aside, bowlers maximum eight overs, uh, three points for win, two for draw, a tie, or buy, one point for loss, zero for a forfeit. Um, yeah, the, I, I don't believe there's a, a bonus points um, system implemented on the ladder this year. Again, season three, um, I guess it, they are certainly topics that, that need to be up for discussion. Um, but at, at this point, it's just... The status quo remains. And I guess if it's not broke. Yep. It's up. For me, I think there should be four points up for grab each game, grabs for each game. But I do think that if you go out and get the runs inside 24 overs, I think you should get benefit for that. Or if you skittle, if you make 180 and skittles, skittles come on for 60. I think that, that that's, that's the, and I think that does a benefit attacking cricket. But anyway, that's just me, but no, that's fine. Now we were talking about second grade. Yeah. So division two, there's, it's, quite a, a bit of a different look to Division 2. So certainly is. Yeah, maintaining the 10-team competition. Um, so as far as, if, if you will, swaps um, so, or relegation, Warners Bay have gone up to Division 1 and the Premier Hotel from Adamstown have gone back to Division 2, um, which might make sense. Warners Bay won the Division 2 competition. Premier Hotel finished 10th in Division 1. Now, in the off-season, a couple of uh, clubs have come across to suburban districts from the City and Suburban competition. Uh, West Walls and Workers Club, who are a long-standing club, I believe this is their 75th season. So one of the long-term uh, clubs in, the, in, the, in Newcastle social cricketing circles um, have had multiple teams over the years. Of late, they've been a one-team club and, and numbers I know have been um, a bit of a strain, not just for them, across the board. A lot of the one-team clubs do find it difficult, especially on the back end of two years of COVID, uh, sponsorship dollars, you know, proving harder and harder to come by because businesses have been impacted. Um, but the Maryland Fletcher Club, to their credit, reached out to West Walls End to see if there's anything they could do to um, forge some sort of relationship. And that relationship has been forged. So West Walls End uh, workers have come across to suburban districts. They've been graded in Division 2, Um they're definitely Div 3, Div 2 maybe, depending if, if they're best teams on the part, they'll certainly compete in Div 2. Um, some of the players I know that played there in the last couple of years certainly up to it. What their availability is like, again, with, with work and families, um, that, that's a week-to-week proposition. Um, but one of the things that's very important for that grade is they come across with their own ground, Gregory Park from West Walls End. Now, West Walls then have all their own equipment. They curate the ground out there themselves. They do a fantastic job. That's consistently one of the better wickets and grounds in social cricket in Newcastle. It has been for 
I mean, I've been around 20 far too long, and it, it's always been a great going back to the mid to late 90s, having played grand finals out there. It's, it's always been a true wicket, and the same sort of individuals involved at that at the West Falls End Club. So it's great to welcome them on board to the suburban districts competition. Um, the Glendale Old Boys have also come across. Um, they've linked with Cardiff Bullaroo District Cricket Club, and a, a natural fit. Glendale Old Boys being slap bang in the middle of Carter Fullaroo, I guess, territory, stretching out yep. to Cameron Park. Uh, they've come across for their ground, William Bower Ovals. Uh, that's the ground at Crossroads there at Glendale. Yep. Uh, opposite the old car yards there. Um, and they're also in Division 2 as well. So look, looking through, um, if we just go, how I've got them listed here, there's Redhead, who were in, I think they finished 7th in Division 2 last season. Uh, Merriweather, so that's the Gravity Riders, who were last year's minor premiers. Katara, who finished fourth and were uh, grand finalists, went, were defeated by Warners Bay in the grand final. Yep. Warners Bay, now Warners Bay have an extra team ended this year and they had nominated two for Div 3. So one are in two, one are in three. I'm unsure whether that'll be the new team or whether that will be their Division 3 team from last season, who finished third on the competition later last year. Uh, Maryland Fletcher, West Walls End. So that's the West Walls End team that have come across. West Waterboard, who I believe finished second on the competition ladder last year. We eliminated in the semifinals. Well, it might have been third and the Pythons knocked them out, one or the other. Um, Maryland Fletcher, uh, their Division Two team from last year, uh, back there again. The Premier Hotel, uh, Glendale Old Boys and the Port Stephens Pythons. So again, the top Five of the top six from last year are still there. Um, Adamstown Premier Hotel have come back. Two new teams and a Warners Bay team. And I have to see where the 10th team, I'll have to have a closer look. Um, but again, on paper, very strong. And, and all games in Division 2, of course, on turf as well. But under 35 over a side format. And um, just just a little bit of trivia for those of you who saw some photos. Dan actually sent me a message last year. Luca Parks, of course, the ground that got they got a semi final on last year by fellas hand mowing a ground on a Friday night because them it was so wet. So it just goes to show what people will do when they when they really want to play cricket. And, um, and the irony with that was Katara with the home team. And if that game was washed out, Katara would have gone through. But it was Katara who were down there at six. We'll say seven o'clock. Um, <laughs> but we're down there early with their own backyard mowers to ensure a game got on. So Maryland Fletcher had an opportunity to play and not be eliminated by rain. Um, and I guess Karma Happen Katara got the victory, um, but they got it the right way by playing. And yeah, so which which it's great that you bring that up. But um, I think and more clubs would do that if they had the, the ability to do so. Um, but yeah, it's always good to recognise those those actions when they happen. Dan, just a little bit for, for everybody, just to go um, change subjects for a little while. Sure. There's been some significant changes to the laws of cricket. And the two laws that are most important that I think are relevant so for people to discuss. The first one is if you are out dismissed court and you cross, the person coming in to replace you now takes strike. Okay. Whereas Ooh. they didn't before, unless it's the last ball of an over. Whereas before, everybody had to look around the umpires, the scorers, to make sure and see who crossed. That law has been dispensed with. So now, if you hit a catch, no matter what happens, you, the, your replacement takes strike the next ball. The, the other one, which is really interesting, and I want you to listen to me talk this, 
when you've got umpires, this is going to cause a lot of controversy. You'll be aware that in the limited overs formers of the games, that batsmen move their feet around before the ball going outside leg stump or going outside off stump. And the laws of cricket relating to this have now changed. And that okay. means if da if Dan Saunders is bowling to David Redden and I step a foot and a half outside leg stump before the ball's bowled just to put you off your line or to change where I'm going to hit, the bowler can follow me with his delivery. So if you've got rules where you've got just outside leg stumps are wide, now if you go and change your where you stand, the, the bowlers have now got a little bit of latitude where they can put the ball. And as long as they put the ball in between you and the stumps, you're deemed as the batsman to have changed the, where you're batting and the bowlers can follow you. And it's the same outside off stump. So if you've often seen batsmen, particularly at the national level, step outside off stump before the ball's bowled, the bowlers have now got more latitude under the laws of cricket. The problem that's going to be caused here is that some of the cricket that we have in suburban districts, particularly lower grades, isn't umpired by official umpires. But they are. that's not just a local law, Dan. That's actually worldwide. That's a change to the laws of cricket. So um, your thoughts on both of those? Uh, well, I guess the first one, um, batsman gets caught and if they cross the, the new batsman being on strike... Um, I mean, on the surface, I can understand that for, for confusion's sakes. But, I mean, tactics like, you know, oh, the late order hitting, you're trying to get the non-striker back on strike and sacrificing a wicket. And the non you're smart. This is what I've said as well. I actually said... Them like a beach ball, and, and they can be stranded at the non-strikers. So, I guess, sacrificing a wicket, I mean, I guess that's the gamble of hoping they drop the catch and you, and you cross. Um but, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tactic play for, for batting teams to have to, I guess, look at other ways to rotate the strike. Oh, well, the, I'll give you an example. of This is the exact, you're very astute. This is the exact point I made. Dan Saunders, we're, we're, um, Dan and I uh, are in the same team and Dan's 50 not out and you've got an over to go chase and you need eight or nine in the last over. And I come out and I'm a bit of a ferret. I'm coming in at, say, eight. Okay, and now you can't swing and change strike. So now what I reckon is going to happen for the tactically aware, Dan, is that when the ball's bowled, whatever happens, all I've got to do is stop myself being bowled or LBW and you will sacrifice me being run out at the opposite end for you to get the strike. As long as you're not nine down, I, I can see now that actually happening, particularly if run chases get close and you've got Dan on 50 Reddings and me who can't bat to save himself coming in. You'll just get on your motor and the keeper will have to be on his game and may have to stand up because if he doesn't, you'll be trying to cross for a buy and it doesn't matter if he gets around at the other end because you get strike. Can I can see that happening. And more, more sacrificial run-outs than, than catches. Yeah, and you're entitled to do it. You're, you do not have to stay in the crease. All you've got to do is not get... And, of course, with man-cads now... I was that about you, to go there. Man-cads, you don't have to give a warning now, and it's actually happened in an international in, in England, between oh, England and India last week. Cricket. That's right. A young a batsman called Dean, and actually cost them the match. So, yeah, it was um, the last wicket. So I always thought you had to follow through, and then if they were... Nah, ready, you could it, take, it's this, changed you just... now. So, so it's changed. You've got to be but, in your delivery stride. Yeah, and it, so it's it's twofold because they're going to, as much as it's frowned upon and 
not the spirit of the game. It is actually a, a mode of dismissal run out. It's called the is man cab, obviously, after the, the Indian after, after the Indian man cab, that's right. Yeah. But um, yes, so, it is a just, it's a run out. But now, no warnings, it's in the laws. Yeah. So with this new law about if hitting out and if you get caught, the new batsman's on strike, if, if doing that to get the non-striker back on strike, especially if that's someone you want to get on strike for yep. being able to get on with it, they're also going to have to make sure they're not backing up too much for these potential new suicidal run-outs because they could find themselves being man-cat or run out as a Pandora's box. So I, I don't know. Again, I'm a big believer in if it ain't broke, why change it? Oh, look, it it's does an odd... make it an enormous amount easier. And not that this – it is relevant, but they're not players. But it makes it easier for scorers and umpires. That's yeah, the, I mean, that how is how long has the game been going? And I'm not saying years. I agree with it. On as, as yeah. a as someone who's a qualified umpire and a, and a relatively experienced scorer, I can tell you right now that I've actually failed advanced scoring tests on that exact subject. Sure. So I can tell you now that not look that that's an interesting one. And what's going to happen is Dan, somewhere in this season we're going to see a game either in the BBL, the WBBL, or in our own cricket where people who are aware of this come up with a plan and you know you, you've got a situation where late Neverly or Josh Moxie are batting for Port Stevens those guys are pretty clever cricketers over there they're no fools and someone somewhere is going to pick this up I'm just using those guys as an example because they're premiers but it's an interesting one what are your thoughts on the the, the subtle changes to the wide laws I like it so I think I. Um, if the batsman gets to have that advantage of moving around and, and I guess, dictating terms. I think the bowlers got every right. I mean, especially in short-form cricket, the bowlers are just there. You may as well have the test match bowler just rolling the arm over. Just the batsmen well, got carte blanche. To, you know, they can change their stance. They can, like David Warner's, for an example, switch hitter. You can have a, a, a full 8-1 eight, eight or 7-2 offside field. And this guy, in your delusion, change changes side and all become you've got two on the the weakest, the strongest side. And uh, no, I, I don't have a problem with that. And I guess being a bowler. Um, but I always believe if they want to do that, just bowl it full and York at the stumps. I'll get a W next, you know. It's an effective decky. You've got to go and see blokes like Maxwell and Coley, the very, very best cricketers, um, can now, they expect Yorkers, so they go and sit and load up on the back foot so a Yorker becomes a link. Yeah. Y- yada, yada, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, well, the hit um, sixes so, over the keeper's head, off a Yorker. Well, yeah. It's a scoop, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Maxwell's got an eye like a dead fish. Mate, so the, they're the laws of cricket changes. Now, yeah. um, to the best of your understanding, um, it'll all be 40 over cricket. Is there any planned T20 games this year for suburban districts in competition? No, so Division 1, 40 overs, Division 2 through 7, 35 overs. It will all be one day. Yep. Or, yeah, so the, no T20 format, not not in the suburban districts. Um, I should just uh, advise, so that we had 63 teams. Yes. Uh, there was 64, but there was an 11th hour scratching. University had attempted to enter a team, which was great. Just yep. couldn't get the cattle. So the gradings are three grades of 10, Div 1, Div 2, Div 3. Yep. Then three grades of nine. So there'll be a buy in Div 4, Div 5, and Div 6. And then Division 7 is a six-team comp. So Divs 1 to 6 will play as a 10-team comp, 18 rounds, two rounds of nine, with yep. that eight-team finals uh, format in place. So for Divs 4, 5, and 6, you're going to be very unlucky to not make the 
the elimination final process in a nine-team comp with eight teams. Division seven will run as a 20-team competition, uh, sorry, a 20-round competition, five rounds of, uh, sorry, four rounds of five. Um, but they'll all line up. So the first two weeks of the eliminator and the quarterfinals, are in effect, round 19 and round 20. So semifinals and finals will still line up on the same days. What those dates will be, I can't tell you. That is, it was said off air, there's an anomaly with the amount of Saturdays available this year um, with our competition needing 22 Saturdays. And I think there's 23, including the finals. Um, again, that, that's a, a decision or a question for um, further up the flagpole. But it's... Um, yeah, look, it's an exciting time of year for cricket. It's always, what are we, nine days out from the first ball. Um, that's what we're smashing down here. It looks like that rain that's been predicted has finally turned up. Um, but, yeah, did we want to touch on the lower, lower grades? Oh, look, we, we might do that next week. Um, sure. We might do that next week just to get through those. Up there. My main focus was uh, I just want to get people get, getting used to listening to me gibbering you talk sense again which is good um and we've got we've got the basic structure of the grades and we've had a good look at where that where teams have moved in around remember cricket is scheduled to start next saturday the sorry not this sat this saturday week the 8th of uh, october um and as i said i just hope that um i just hope the weather clears up the weather forecast is not overly good unfortunately no it's it, look it is what it is but um you know, and, and I mean, if, if we go back, I mean, of course, we, we talk about COVID the last couple of years didn't commence on time. And I'd hazard a guess to find a season where round one wasn't washed out in the seasons prior to that. Um, so clubs will do the best to, to prepare. Yes. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, you mentioned just earlier about um, dribbling. I was just um, going to suggest that um, we, we may have a guest next week um, part of our preview of round one and, and one of the best dribblers in Newcastle cricket might join us as our first guest of the summer. Tomato head? Mr. T head. Oh, now that will, this will be worth the price of admission of the line because sneakily David Absalom's actually a very clever bloke despite the fact that he gets pogoed on this show. So let's have David Absalom then have a catch up with the great man and see yep. how he's going. We won't show a video of the podcast, won't be a video version, so you won't be able to see to yet, but the great man, if we can get him on, that'll be fantastic. Uh, Mate, Dan, if this was a video uh, podcast, neither of us would be going anywhere either, just quietly. No way. <laughs> the other, one more question, are the suburb, do you, are you aware if the Rebels will be playing uh, NCC Summer Bash? Is that something you know about or suspect? Uh there's every intention for the Suburban District Rebels to enter a team of the Summer Bash. Uh, most definitely. That's, um, uh, that's hot. That's, I guess, top of the, the agenda or priorities. Um, having enough cattle or players available who want to be involved. But I, I would like to think that based on the success they had last year and, and the, the, the gradual improvement that's been shown, yes. that other players um, in the, you know, the Division One, especially, uh, again, like a player like Hamish Bartlett playing Division One. Um, if, if he's available and wants to be selected, you would have to think he'd be a lay down Mazair uh, in that top order. Um, Absolutely. No, and, that no. Angus, and Angus McTaggart's playing for rare week punishment, so they don't have to worry about Gussie. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a tough day of commentary. Um, yeah, what, what, watching the one man demolition crew known as A. McTaggart at Leamont Park. Oh, 
but uh, look, they the guys enjoyed it because they're playing against they cop poor they cop Newcastle City and West on the same day. Yeah, I know. And they didn't go see that against West till um, Aaron Wilmer decided he had somewhere to be. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and funny you should say that Aaron Wibble ended up being the match winner and for Newcastle in the state championship final, one of the best games of cricket you'll ever see at Bradburn Oval. Aaron Wibble, an undefeated 50. So, you know, the form line wasn't bad. And speaking of Angus McTaggart and Aidan Cahill, Aidan Cahill's got himself a rookie contract and is over in Adelaide and is uh, part of the SA Redbacks, which is fantastic to see after going come springboarding off the under-19 World Championships in the West Indies. It's great to see the big bopper get a contract over there for the Deadbacks. That's fantastic. And there's a lot of players moving in and around from Newcastle. It's It's great to see. It really is. And it goes to show that, you know, we've still got some pretty handy cricketers running around our, our particular part of the world. I, I did see something yesterday that uh, I believe Michael Hogan could be headed home. Oh, look, if if Michael Hogan ends up deciding to play cricket, which from the unofficial word I've heard is that may very well be the case, that especially if he plays the majority of season for the Lions, it does change the balance because you've now got a guy who's coming up. He might be 41 years of age. There's a superb article about Michael Hogan in today's ESPN Crick Info, actually. Is that about not being dismissed LBW in 380 that's years? The, so yeah, you, that's you, what's you, me. You, yeah, you've got the same life as me, none. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, Michael's an old Wall's end boy. I've known him since... I've known him back when I was taller than him, which was about a long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> but if Michael Hogan decides that he wants to play cricket for Merriweather, I, that that gives Merriweather a weapon a little bit like when they had Mark, when Mark Cameron came back to Newcastle. And I can imagine the Lions will be looking forward to see if Michael's, and I think he is. I, um, I believe that's the case. There's a fascinating tidbit in that article. If you, everybody, if you want to go and his kids speak with a Welsh accent, which is lovely because they've been over there for so long. But yeah, well, look, that'll it, be fed. Sorry. Answer me this, Dave Renan. What if Michael Hogan decides he only wants to play one day cricket when he comes home? Well, if he wants to play one day cricket when he comes home, yeah, It'd be a great inclusion division one Merriweather at Connolly Park and the Suburban District Rebels. Oh, yes, I would oh. imagine that he would be with respect. I think that he may be playing with his brother in law, Simon Moore. I would think so, but again, you know, 41, the human body, and uh, they might need a rest every second week. But the thing is, Michael Hogan's got the body that he he has got himself in the shape where he's lean and he doesn't carry, he hasn't got huge weight. Merv Hughes' career was cut short because he was a big man and his body couldn't handle the load. If you see Michael Hogan, he's long and he reminds me actually in his build of Flynn McGrath. And, um, uh, you know, he's got a sustainable body that can last him into his 40s, no doubt. So, Quality individual too. Yes. Yes, he is. Dan, thank you so much. It's been great to start off our potty for this year. We'll come well, next week. We'll talk a bit about. We'll do a bit of a preview of games, and we'll also look at a couple of things in the lower grades at, with that, and try and get Tomato Head on and have a good catch up with him. <laughs> no, no, we'll definitely make that happen. It'd be good to have a guest, and again, moving throughout the season, it'd be great to have um, voices from you know, like literally on the ground floor. I know it was great towards the end of last season where. Yes. Josh Bennett from the Mudrats, Josh Moxie from the Pythons. That's right. That was great leading into the finals. But um, yeah, again, if, if, if that might increase listenership, and it's always good to hear a couple of players, you know, sort of, you know, I think we give T Head a bit of a hard time on here. It's always good to see some banner from the players with each other too. So 
It is, and let's do that. And as as Dan pointed out, a lot due to a lot of his hard work, nothing from me. We started to get our listenership getting up last year, and the idea is to get hundreds of people listening if we can. And it's going to be a long, slow burn, but we we're getting up toward the three figures last year, which for us is uh, we're thrilled to be quite honest with you. So I hope you enjoy listening to us. And uh, look, we look forward to catching up with you next week. Dan, take care. Have a good long weekend. Enjoy the grand final. Quick tip from you, Parramatta or Penrith, please. Oh, Penrith and um, Isaiah, Clive Churchill medals. Oh, I agree with that, actually, when I was speaking to James Newburn last night. Dan, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy your weekend, a long weekend. We'll catch up with you next week to talk round one of the NDCA SD competition. Thanks, Randall. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye.